0: Talking about getting debt and getting investment in your business, if it's possible, um, do you want it? And the right way to go about getting it, I'm gonna give you some examples from my past when I had a tech startup. I was in an incubator, um, you know, as well as some, some um, examples from my client, who's a very successful guy who's got mil- millions in both debt and investment. Um so to start investment you're looking at uh venture capitalists, VCs. This is usually ex entrepreneurs, guys sitting on like a hundred million to invest in uh companies. Okay, in Toronto, where I'm from, VCs wanted to see you were in an incubator like we were. Incubator meaning like um a sort of a house for startups where you get um you know, connections, you you get um you know various things to help you in exchange for a piece of your potential startup Okay, they want to see hockey stick traction, okay, which is the curve of your business going like that. That's the revenue curve It's either like revenue curve or like user curve, you know They're catching you as you're as you're going vertical and they wanted to see 25,000 in monthly revenue We didn't learn that till we pitched like 30 people, you know, and no one was giving us a straight answer They wanted to learn they wanted 25k in monthly revenue, okay? Which we didn't have. We didn't have hockey stick traction, you know. We didn't have monthly, you know, that kind of monthly revenue. We were just breaking even with with a good idea. Um, but if we had those things, we wouldn't have needed the VC money. You know, we we would have either been able to pay for the exponential marketing ourselves, right? We we really just wanted the money for ads, um, or we, we we probably would have would have been able to go get debt from the bank. We I wouldn't have wanted to give up thirty or forty percent of my company when i had this cash cow that was just throwing off money um and that you know i could take a mill or two put it into the marketing and still be getting like 2x return on that you know the last thing i want to would want to do is give a percentage on that um not to mention even if we couldn't get debt from the bank you know we have we would have had like 20 grand to put back into the company every month on marketing and just snowball that shit. Um, If you're not in an incubator or, or, or have connections in the industry, it's going to be tough to even get in the room with these guys because they have so many people pitching them deals. Um, It's also much more effective to be in a place like Silicon Valley because, you know, there's just so much more money available there. Um, Whereas a place like Toronto, there's money, but it's, it's just nothing, nothing like America and nothing like, um, you know, being out in California. Um, so just getting in the room is hard enough if you're not in an incubator in terms of investment. And VCs can afford to be picky because they have the money, they're the buyer. They're giving away money, okay? That's what everyone wants. So they can afford to say no to a hundred companies. Um, you know, they can say, say yes to one out of a hundred already profitable companies, right? With good ideas, with good founders, already profitable. um, A lot of the time they can have all three of those things, then the VCs are still saying no to them, okay? Because they can afford to do that. They're sitting there with the money. A lot of the time a VC is run by like ex-entrepreneurs who are already successful. They've got money. They've got investment in their fund. They don't need you. And they don't want to have to take a risk, which makes sense, right? Why take a risk on an unprofitable company when you can already go in on a profitable company or maybe it's not profitable, but you can see like hockey stick traction on on users like there was with Facebook, you know. So it's either hockey stick traction on money or hockey stick traction on the amount of users that are coming into your company. And what they wanted to hear was they wanted to hear these big revenue projections. They wanted to hear, they weren't interested in a company that was looking to do a couple million a year like we were. That wasn't exciting to them. And this is because they've got hundreds of millions of dollars. And they know that 90%, even like investing in the best companies, 90% of these companies are going to fail. So they need to hit big winners on the companies that actually do succeed, right? Let's say you have $200 million and you know that like half of that is gone, right? It's going to be spent on companies that don't make your money back. Well, with that remaining 100000000 you million, you're going to want to hit you know, a company that's going to give you a billion dollars back or more, Um, you know, it's a home run situation. At least this is what we experienced. You know, your experience might be different. Some people might tell you different. I'm I'm definitely not the foremost expert in, in, you know, dealing with these companies, but that's what we've experienced like. You know, our advisors eventually were telling us and, and and this girl I went to school with who became a VC was like, don't, you know, don't tell them anything less than 100 million, you know, so we had to change our pitch a little bit. Okay. Um, and, and this has been reinforced to me by a client who's very successful, who's, who secured millions in financing. He said that VCs operate more like entrepreneurs um, because they're run by ex-entrepreneurs. Than banks, so they're you know they're interested in the dream, they're interested in a charismatic founder, they're interested in a big vision, um, they're interested in, in people they think are going to be home run hitters, and you know who can who can um, give them that big ROI. Okay, getting debt talking to banks, totally different ball game, um, completely opposite situation. Uh, my clients also secured millions in um, debt from bankers. And that pitch is not about dream selling whatsoever. Okay. It's about consistent revenue over time. Again, you know, the banks ideally would like to see that you have a profitable business already, you know, Um, although it's not, it's not, you know, necessary. They will give you a loan to buy a subway or something, which is a terrible idea, which I'll cover later, but they will punish you for dream selling. Um, They don't want to hear that you're going to you know, build the next Facebook. Okay, these guys are bean counters. You know, in their mind, that's that's equivalent to flushing the money down the toilet. They want to hear your cash flow positive already, and you're going to take that money and spend it on it doing exactly the same shit that you're doing now, just more of it. You know, you're not you're not trying to do a bunch of different things. You're not trying to buy um, you know a bunch of different you know, non-related uh, businesses or whatever. It's like, okay, you're selling residential real estate. You've got a branch. You want to open a second branch in another wealthy area on the exact same model, um, literally doing the exact same thing and more branches to come in the future. And, and you want to magnify and, you know, you'll already be succeeding regardless, but if they give you money, you will succeed Faster, make money faster, be able to reinvest it faster. That's what they want to see, right? Um, a business in a big market with a lot of demand, with where you're already making money, okay, and you're gonna keep doing the same shit. Um, if you look, it's a lot of what Warren Buffett does. You know, he invests in these cash flow businesses, you know, with some type of a moat, run by good people um, that he sees. He can see another ten or twenty years of cash flow from it, simple products basic as well, you know, like, Hey, Coca-Cola or whatever. Um, So bank officers don't like risk. They, they're, they're bean counters. They're not ex entrepreneurs like VCs. They're corporate guys. They're bean counters. You know, they were probably math guys in school. They don't like risk. They just want their 6% or whatever the interest rate is returned back to them over the next decade. And they also want to build a relationship with someone they can loan more money to over time and can count on you to pay it back. Okay. They would love to build a relationship with someone like you if they know that, you know, they can loan you 2 million to start and then 5 million, 10 million, 20, and you're just doing the same shit and just keep paying that money back, keep being profitable. Okay. Um, because that is the really the only area where they're where they're similar to venture capitalists in terms of they have uh, revenue targets, okay. This so is because they have shareholders to please. They have revenue targets. They have billions of dollars on the books. They have more than than VCs do, um, which means they need dependable people to loan that money to, because they have literally billions of dollars to loan out. Their primary business is loaning people money, right? Loaning you money. Um, add interest, getting it paid back at a higher rate, making a difference on the spread. That's what makes these banks billions of dollars. That's what they need to do with their capital, okay? And they need to be able to do, to, to, do that at a minimal risk um, with billions of dollars. And that's what kept, that's what kept a lot of these businesses and or banks in business for the last two hundred years. Like the big four Canadian banks have just literally been doing that for the last two hundred years. With the exception of, you know, a lot of these banks have got caught up in derivatives and all this other dumb shit. But they, you know, they've got a great business model. They don't want to fuck with it. Um, And that's what they're interested in. Okay. But recognize that, like, it's not like they're doing you a favor. It might seem that way. Okay. Um, Just like it might seem that way when you're on a date with a girl if they're trying to present themselves in that certain way. But Dan Pena uh, describes getting a bank loan like this. Borrowing money from a bank is like having sex. You both want it. They just need reassurance of your of your intentions and foreplay. Okay, so that's a that's an important thing to remember. It's the same thing with with girls. Like the girls want to be on that date. Women want to have sex. They just want to know that um, you know they're gonna get paid back for that investment in you. You're not gonna dine and dash, so to speak. You know. Banks don't want to get pumped and dumped, okay? They don't want to give you a couple of million and you go off to fucking uh, Jamaica with it or, or Thailand with it or whatever. Um, Dan Pena's also got, you know, people have mixed feelings about Dan Pena, but he, he's got a good good tips on getting um, business loans in his book, How to Make Your First 100 Million. Um, you can get it on, he recommends you get it on the torrent sites. He's not even selling it anymore. So I would pick up that PDF, how to make your first $100 if you're interested. And a lot of guys talk down usury and fiat currency like they're into crypto or whatever. Um, I can't take it. I just can't take it. I mean, like the crypto guys, if if you want to invest in crypto, whatever. But like the world runs on fiat currency, whether it changes in the future, whether, you know, what whatever man, like like you know this is you can't buy anything in Bitcoin, okay, everything in this room is bought in 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 dollars, you know in 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 actual currency. This is how things work, okay um, yes, there's a lot of negatives to usury. Yes, bankers have a lot of control with it, but also like you know the smartphone the electric bulb, you know, literally our entire modern world was built by companies that got started by getting debt, okay? So pros and cons to it. And recognize this, debt's a magnifier. Corporate debt is a magnifier. But if your business is already cash flow positive and you can get millions in debt to pump into marketing that scales, debt can make a lot of sense for your business. Leverage is the fastest way to, to 10X, okay? The other good thing about corporate debt as opposed to personal debt is you're not liable for it. Personal debt personal debt, just avoid like the fucking plague. Corporate debt, you're not liable for it. It's like all those Goldman Sachs guys during the bust, you know, who 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 who, who took on all this money, lost all this money or whatever. They're still leaving with, with their ten million dollar salary, their thirty million dollar bonus. They're not liable for that debt. Okay. Corporations protect you from that debt. You know, that's the purpose of of corporations. Otherwise People wouldn't be starting these these all these businesses if they knew it was their ass and their kids' ass and their grandchildren's ass were going to be liable for this debt, you know, for, for forever. Right? That's what corporations are for: is to shield the owner um, from that. In, in with the idea that he'll actually go out and take risks and and benefit society, which is why governments allow for corporations, they allow for LLCs, uh, etc. Okay. And more than new clients, more than new territories, more than cutting costs, nothing scales your business faster than than leverage. Okay. That's that's what you need to know. Um, That said, you don't want to get a bunch of leverage in advance of a profitable business model for a low margin business. What I mean is, you know, getting a loan with your house as a collateral um, to open a subway franchise that you don't even know will be profitable. Like, you don't even know, you know, if you're going to be able to excel at that. You don't know if you're going to pick the right location. If you pick the wrong location, you're pretty much fucked. Um, you know, you, you don't know if, if if that's going to be profitable. Okay, so taking out two hundred grand, um, you know, on the chance that you can make that work is a really dumb idea. Uh, it's also a dumb idea to start a low margin business in general. Okay. I'm all about high ticket service businesses. Okay, so opposed to that, you know, getting a loan, let's say you're, you've got a residential real estate business, you're making, you know, seven figures, you're taking home good dough, it's high margin, high ticket, it's already profitable, it's throwing off a lot of cash, you know, your margins are massive, your expenses are nothing in comparison to the, the kind of money you're making you know it can make a lot of sense for you to go and get a couple million dollars to be able to spend on online advertising or to help you establish another branch literally doing the same shit in another you know wealthy area um that you know is already a solid high margin business model you know getting debt is just going to you know give you more of the same and allow you to accelerate faster in what might have taken you 10 years you could do in a year compounding that um money back into the business. okay. Um, That does make sense if you want it. Uh, Of the two, I'd much prefer debt as opposed to giving away a piece of my business. I'd rather give away a body part than a piece of my business. Uh, With that said, my founder-based lifestyle business, especially with some of the content that you guys know me for, is not attractive for either. Okay, I probably will never be able to sell this business. I won't be able to get You know vc money for it and i probably wouldn't be able to get debt for it i mean maybe i would as i as i continue to uh, improve the the model and it's not that like i don't have high margins i have super high margins they it would just be hard for a bank to sort of understand what i'm doing it's not the most typical if i was selling real estate or whatever sure but um you know i've got sex and dating content on there and for vcs they want empires right? They don't want lifestyle businesses. I'll never build an empire. I want a life, you know, I'm going to continue to build a lifestyle business. For those of you guys who don't know, a lifestyle business is built basically for you to have a good lifestyle. It's a high margin, you know, business where you can make a lot of money, but it's not, I'm not building, um, you know, a, a, I'm trying to build a business that that makes a hundred million, that's got a hundred employees and all that stuff. Okay. I don't want that. I want a, a lifestyle business where I can not have to go to an office, um, travel, but still make seven figures, but like, you know, I'm, I'm taking home 95% of it, okay? That's what I want to continue to do. That business, mine in, in particular, is not particularly attractive to, it's definitely no investment, not particularly attractive to, to banks either based on some of the content, but who knows? Um, Luckily, when you're in a high-margin business, you throw off so much cash anyways that you, you, you're able to fund the thing yourself and compound that back into the business quite easily. So I hope you found that useful. Um, you know, If you want my help with anything, revolutionarylifestylezine.com forward slash coaching, man. Either way, you need to learn how to sell. Check out my book, um, revolutionarylifestylezine.com forward slash products. You need to sell to be able to get that high-margin business, making more money. Also, just to be able to, to get in a room if you're with a VC or with, with a banker, you need those sales skills, man. Most important skills that I learned were sales. Uh, if you're in a position to be able to get in a room with some of those guys, you need to really tighten up that game in terms of sales. Um, otherwise, thank you so much for watching. I hope you found this useful and much love to you.